Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hey there. Welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancolana, and you are listening to part five of a, I think it's going to be an eight-part series that I have titled Quantum Insights. Now, the idea here is very simple. I'm simply sharing the, the central insight I have gained from eight of my most important and influential relationship teachers and gurus and experts that uh, I have come across in my journey through life. I'm the kind of person that loves to read, loves to learn, you know, loves to explore. Um, I've always been interested in spiritual, emotional relationship dynamics, even from, you know, when I was a teenager, I was interested in these topics. And so a large portion of my life has been devoted to learning about these things. Yes, I've been a professional golfer, but I've, I've kind of lived a dual life, you could say. You know, on the one hand, I've been a professional athlete and a professional golfer, and then this other part of me is, you know, kind of a psychologist, a therapist, um, a spiritual teacher, a relationship coach. You know what I mean? It's like I've I've been in both of these worlds, athletic performance and spiritual relational development have been the two passions of my life, and and in that process, I've come across a bunch of really powerful relationship teachers and tools and techniques and and experts. And so this series, I'm just, you know, taking the most influential teachers that I've come across and I'm trying to take everything that they teach <laughs> and and kind of synthesize it down to what's the nugget? Like what what have I primarily learned from these people? And then I'm just passing it along to you because these things have produced quantum leaps in my life and in my relationships. And I just believe that if you latch on to some of these things and you think about these things and you integrate these insights into your life, that you can have quantum leaps in the way you live and love and function in the world. So that's what we've been up to. And so far, we talked about my primary influence in my life was dealt with in episode number one of these of this series, which was Jim Dethmer, a friend and mentor of mine. We talked about radical responsibility. And then we talked about Michael Singer in uh, the second part of this uh, eight-part series. Michael Singer is a, my favorite spiritual teacher. I think he's written the best spiritual growth book ever written, which is The Untethered Soul. Okay? If that's if you've never read it, you gotta go get it. Okay? And the topic that I 
that I shared with you, what I learned from Michael Singer was just an understanding of the human condition. He really is great at summarizing what we're up to as people and why we seek relationships and what's really going on in our desire to attract a partner, be in a relationship. So he's very deep and gets really at the core of the issues. So that was part two. And then in part three, I threw you a curveball and I introduced one of my most powerful teachers, which has been the game of golf. The game of golf has taught me, you know, a success formula. Um, not that I've been wildly successful at the game of golf. Depends who you ask, right? I've been way more successful than most people, but I'm certainly never was Tiger Woods. Okay. But along the way, golf has taught me that intention and unattachment are the keys to being successful. And the reason I brought it up in that podcast is the, those, those ideas of having full intention, but yet being unattached to outcome is the key to being successful in anything, whether it's your career, whether it's parenting, whether it's fitness, whether it's a great intimate relationship. Intention minus attachment equals success. So that was episode three. And then last week, we did episode four, and I, I shared my insights that I've gleaned from my my original coach when I really, really got on this path uh, was from Diana Chapman. And we talked about body intelligence. We talked about the wisdom that resides in these centers of our body, the head wisdom, heart wisdom, gut wisdom. We talked a little bit about what it means to be, to have a mind-body connection, right? To, to be able to have emotional intelligence and glean the wisdom that comes from places within us that are not sort of poisoned by all of our thoughts and our past experiences and our judgments and our stories. And so that was, that was last week. Now this week, the expert I'm going to share with you is someone you are familiar with if you've listened to this podcast with, with any regularity, because very recently, seven episodes ago, I shared uh, a recorded talk that he gave. And so this expert is a guy by the name of David Data. Data is spelled D-E-I-D-A, if you want to know. And if you want to learn more about him, his website is uh, david.info, okay? www.data.info, okay? And I think it was episode 115, I shared a talk that he gave because David Data is, I think, the most articulate and the most wise voice in the world today on masculine feminine dynamics and the issue of sexual polarity, which really is the topic of this podcast. The insight, the quantum insight I want to share with you is what I've learned about sexual polarity, attraction, what, what brings people together, what is the basis of sexual attraction? What's its cause? And therefore, how can we 
experience that? How can we align ourselves with these energetic and universal principles of attraction? Because the idea is you know, the more you understand sexual polarity, because these are, I think, laws that govern attraction in the universe, they extend far beyond, uh, far beyond human attraction. They are energetic attractions. They are based in physics. They are the root of electricity. They are the roots of magnetism. Um, and so when we align ourselves with these universal principles of attraction and polarity, meaning opposites, um, we can experience quantum leap in our love lives and our ability to, to make healthy, sustainable connections um, in our intimate relationships. Now, the challenge here is for me to bring a new dimension of this to you, um, to put a fresh spin on this, meaning I have talked about what I've learned from David Data without maybe telling you where some of this stuff has come from. I've talked about it many times. In fact, I want to point you to five podcasts that I have done that have focused on the issue of sexual polarity in one way or the other. And I want to give them to you because after today's talk, you might want to learn more, right? So I've given you David Data's website, um, his best book, um, arguably, but his first book is called Intimate Communion. And I believe he wrote this back in the 90s, the early 90s. So Intimate Communion is his seminal work where he really laid out masculine, feminine dynamics and differences. And it, it, it goes through all of the philosophy and principles behind it. For me, the favorite book that he's written is a book called The Way of the Superior Man. It's a book that's written for men. And it's a, it's a book really that has profoundly uh, affected my life because he was basically writing, you know, what does it mean to be the best version of your masculine self? Like if, if there was such a thing as the, the divine masculine living in and through a human body, what would it look like? You know, and so he just uses the word superior man for that. And that is a phrase that has turned a lot of people off. It is sort of hierarchical, you know, superior, inferior, better than, worse than. He doesn't mean it that way. It's just a phrase that he used to describe a man who was truly surrendered to presence, truly filled and motivated by love, and a man truly self-aware and conscious and wanting to be of service in the world. And he just called, that's a superior man. That's a man who's really on his game. So that's my favorite of all of his books, but it's written for men, or I should say it's written for masculine beings. Um, and so I just give you some of those resources. But also, 
There's been five podcasts where I've touched on these subjects and I want to give them to you because you might want to learn more. So most recently, podcast number 115, um, I shared an actual talk, a recorded talk of his. So I'm not interviewing him. It, he was just giving a talk and in, in, in the talk, because I've got hundreds of hours of him teaching on my phone and on my computer, um, it was a talk that I kind of felt like was the best talk he's ever given to just summarize his understanding and teaching in a very general, broad way when it comes to sexual polarity, masculine, feminine dynamics. So podcast number 115 would be a great place to go, maybe the best place to start if what I share today, you know, piques your interest. Okay, whether you're a man or a woman. Okay. And then podcast number 51 was a podcast I titled What Men Want. And when I answered that question, I was speaking a lot from what I've learned from David Data. So that might be a podcast you might want to listen to. Podcast number 51, What Men Want. Podcast number 50 was a podcast I titled What women want. Now, that may be a little presumptuous for me as a guy to say that. (laughs) But again, I've devoted, uh, God, 30 years of my life to studying men and women and relationships and both from a technical place and an educational place and a training place, but also in my own personal life. Um, And so I feel like I can speak to what the feminine is most wanting most attracted to. And so that was in podcast number 50. So you might want to check that one out. And before that, I did a podcast uh, number 40, which was all about understanding masculine feminine energies, because these are energies. They are not really, they're not really genders. They're not genitals. These are energies that exist in the universe, and then, of course, they exist in us because the universe exists in us. We all came from the universe. (laughs) Where do you think your atoms and molecules came from if you trace it back? You trace it all the way back to the Big Bang, right? So everything that's in the university, in the universe, is what we are made of. And so when you see uh, these energies, these polarities in the universe, you find them also in human beings and you find them in other animals and you can find them in, heck, you can find them when you you plug something into the wall. There's two prongs. You can find them on your car battery. There's a, a red and a black cable, right? So polarity is an essential aspect of physics and chemistry, um, but also in sexual attraction between beings in the world. And so I talked all about that in podcast number 40. And then in podcast number 32, which is, I think, one of my favorite podcasts, hope you've listened to it. Podcast number 32 is called Soulmates and Teammates. Okay. What I'm getting at in that podcast was that men and women seek relationships for different reasons because 
we are motivated by these different energies. Masculine and feminine want different things. They have different priorities. They have different interests. They have different things that motivate them, different things that move them, different things they're interested in. And I made the point that the masculine is looking for a teammate while the feminine is looking for a soulmate. And understanding that difference can end so much drama in your love life because we have the tendency to project our wants and our needs and assume the other person wants the same thing. So men often think because they want a teammate and, you know, that they're going to treat their partner sort of like a teammate. And women, because they want a soulmate, they think that men are looking for soulmates. And so they treat a man the way they want to be treated. And they think a man's going to like that because they like that. See, that's a huge issue in relationships. We have a tendency to say, well, I like this and I want this. So therefore, she must want it too. No, she doesn't. She's right. She's not like you guys and vice versa. Women think, well, I like this and this matters to me. So I'm going to do that for him because he likes that. And it will and it will move him the way it moves me. Well, no, it doesn't. <laughs> right? So we end up projecting ourselves onto each other, thinking that the other person is like us. That's a fundamental mistake in a relationship. You will end up having a, a disconnection, right? Because you're not the same. And maybe right there I should make a comment about our culture right now. Our culture because there have has been there really has been a patriarchy over the centuries there really has been a male domination right that's unarguable i mean just look at history okay because of that there is going on right now a rebound to that there's a reaction to that and there's this movement towards equity equality everyone's the same right and so we're in the midst of, I think, going too far the other direction in an effort to overcome the patriarchy, to overcome male dominance, you know, in the world, everything from physics to finances to, you know, physicality to money to power in the world. It's been men and and. Women are tired of it and there's this effort now for women to stand their ground, to take a place in the world and to say, you know, I'm not inferior, you know, and, and I have a voice and I, have, I want a place in the world, which is all beautiful and necessary and true, except that where the error comes in is that in so doing – there's an argument for the fact that we're the same, that men and women are the same, that differences between them don't exist. Okay, Now that, in my opinion, is just patently false and ridiculous on its face. We can be of equal value but be different. Like you could have two cars. 
they could be of equal value in terms of what people think they would cost to buy. You could find two cars and say, well, yeah, I would be willing to pay $50,000 for that car. And here's another car. Yeah, that's a $50,000 car. So they are equal value, but they could be very different cars, <laughs> right? One could be a sedan. One could be an SUV. One could be a, a, a pickup truck. And the other one could be a little race car. They might be of equal value, right? So nothing is better or worse, but they're different, <laughs> okay? So when we talk about masculine and feminine, that's the perspective we're coming from here, that masculine and feminine are of equal value. In fact, to have one and not the other is a disaster on either side. To have a world be dominated by masculine is dangerous. To have a world that's dominated by feminine is equally dangerous, just in different ways. Right? So both, both of these ends of the energetic spectrum are necessary and they're equal in value, but they're different. They have different priorities. They have different purposes. They see the world differently. They, they operate from different perspectives. They're, they're just completely different. Okay. So that, that groundwork needs to be laid. We, we just, I hate to say it, but I need to say that because when we talk about these things in our world today, it's very easy for people to hear what they want to hear. And, oh, here's another white guy talking about masculine feminine, you know, and you know, feminine's inferior and not as good as masculine. And God, that is just not the position that I hold. It's not true. But they are different, but they are of complete equality in, a, in their value and their necessity um, in the world. Okay? So, having said that, that's what I kind of get into is soulmates and teammates in podcast number 32. So I just wanted to spend some time giving you some other resources um, that you can focus on as we get into this topic of sexual polarity and the teachings of David Data and what they've meant to me. Now, here's what I want to do with the rest of this time. I want to make the insights I've gotten from him as simple and as direct as possible. Okay. So let me say it like this. What the masculine wants when it comes down to it, the masculine wants to be trusted. You want to turn on a man, you tell him, I trust you. If he suggests something, if he wants to do something with you, if, if he has an idea, right? If, if, if he's bringing his wisdom to something, even if he wants to invite you on a, a date and to go somewhere and to an activity, if you simply say, I trust that what you want to do with us is going to be fantastic. So I'm letting go of control and I'm just, I'm yours. Take me. Right? When you tell a man, take me, take me sexually, take me on a date, 
take me where you think I need to go to grow, to have fun, to learn. When, when you trust, that is the sexiest thing in the world to a man. Okay? Now, every man listening to me right now knows what I, it's just nodding their head. And most of them are probably saying, where are the women? Where are the women who will trust like that? Who will let me give my gift? Because that really is the masculine gift. When the masculine is on its game, it knows what is necessary to experience love and freedom. Now, I'm talking about the healthy masculine here. There is a toxic masculine, and there, of course, is a toxic feminine. Okay? So both masculine and feminine can come from the dark side, but both can come from the divine side. And when the masculine is on its game, when ego is not involved, when selfishness is not at the core of a masculine person, they have their gift is they sort of know what to do and how to get to a place that will produce love and freedom for everyone. The masculine's gift is to know how to end chaos and move themselves, move a relationship, move a family, move a culture, move a world toward love and freedom. That's that's the masculine's gift. Now, I should back up and say the masculine energy exists in all of us, man or woman. Okay, this is not a gender. This is an energy. This is a capacity. Okay? And it exists in everyone. It's just that how do I how do I verbalize this? It's just that the masculine energy for the vast majority of, of, of male people, they are most at home in this, right? When a male person is surrendered to presence and being moved by love and is conscious, 80% of them are more more at home in the masculine energy than they are in their feminine. Because both men and women have masculine and feminine energy. But most of us are more at home and feel more natural in one or the other. Just as all of us have a left and a right arm, most of us are either right-handed or left-handed. We can use either, but we prefer one. Right? That's how this is. Every human being has both masculine and feminine energy. Most people have a preference, a natural inclination. And the research shows about 80% of male people are more at home in the masculine and 80% of females are more in, in alignment and at home in the feminine, which I'll describe in just a minute. Okay. So if I if I if I mistakenly use the word man or woman as I'm describing these things, it's just a, a matter of communication because I'm not talking about gender and biological sex here. I'm talking about 
these inner energies, these inner impulses, this, this, this at home desire. Okay. And when it comes down to it, a masculine creature, when it is on its game, the masculine has this wisdom on what to do and how to get to freedom and love. And when a feminine person sees a masculine being that is surrendered to presence like that, is motivated by love like that, when she trusts that wisdom, that is the sexiest thing in the world to a man. So when a, when a woman trusts a man, that is the sexiest thing in the world to him. Because she's trusting his gift. She's receiving his offering. Okay? Now, we're getting some pretty deep waters here. What the feminine wants is devotion. Okay? What she most wants is to be seen, to be cherished, to be wanted, to be not only provided for, because that's a little archaic since women right now are making just as much as men. And within about 20 years, women will be out earning men. Okay. So not provided for like financially necessarily, but there's a, when a man's giving his gift, he's providing his wisdom. He's providing his presence, right? And, and she feels that as he's devoted to me, right? So what a woman most wants is to feel that a man is devoted to her. And that means exclusivity. That means fidelity, right? But that means that his consciousness is devoted to her growth, her freedom, her love, her heart, right? He's, I guess you could say it in a very common way. He's into you, <laughs> right? What, what women want is a man who's into them. You know, he's into me. He pays attention to me. He's, he's present with me. He's, he penetrates me with not only his body, but with his consciousness, like with his life. He's in me. He's devoted to me, right? Ladies, am I right that you want a man devoted to you, right? Now, we men, I don't think the masculine would ever say what I want is a, a, a woman who's devoted to me. We wouldn't say it that way because we don't, we don't mean the same things, Right? I mean, we could say when you're, when you trust a man, I guess you could flip the words around and say, well, that, that, that's what I mean when trust is devotion. But no, see, we want different things. Trust and devotion are different. I mean, they're, they're similar, but they're different. But so understanding that is a great degree of what sexual polarity is. It's understanding that we sort of want different things and that we have different gifts to give 
And then when our gift is received, because the feminine's gift is radiance. The feminine's gift is life force. Her body, her joy, her aliveness, her smile, her, right? This is why the Beatles sang that song, something in the way she moves attracts me like no other lover, right? There's something about her. It's her energy, her radiance is the word that I use. And when a man sees a radiant woman, he devotes himself to that. He can't resist it, right? So a woman's gift is her radiance and it it elicits a man's devotion. And a man's gift is his presence, his clarity, his rock likeness, his uncollapsibility. And when a man is like that, it elicits her trust. You're my rock. You won't collapse. You won't wither under pressure. You, you, you see what I'm saying? You're clear. You're present. You're on your game. Therefore, I can trust you. Follow me? So, I guess what I want to talk about is because I know that men want to be trusted and I know that women want a man's devotion. So let's combine this podcast with the first one in the series called Radical Responsibility. Okay? Now follow me here. We're kind of going and we're kind of combining some things here. This might get a little deep and sticky uh, if it hasn't already. (laughs) But what happens is if we're in victim consciousness, let's take women here. They want, um, you know, they 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 want to be, they want a man's devotion. They want a man who's truly into them, who will organize his life around them and through them and with them. That he won't be kind of separate. He won't be off doing his thing. That the two of you are one, right? The two of you are joined at the hip and he's devoted to you and you're like, yeah, I have no other way to say it, that he's just into you and he's organizing his life with you right in the middle of it, right? If you're in victim consciousness, you will simply claim, complain and blame men for being inadequate or for being distracted or for not being capable of devotion, or somehow just being morons that are selfish or narcissistic. Okay? Victims use the word narcissism. Is that or is that not a blame term? Is that not judgmental? Is that not a complaint? Okay? All right? Just put your seatbelt on here now. <laughs> I'm getting to the men in just a minute. But when, when a woman is in victim consciousness and she she wants a man that's devoted to her and it's not happening, what she does is she locates the problem outside of her. And she blames or complains or whines about men, the way men are, the way they aren't and who they are and who they're not and all of that. But when a woman who wants a man who's devoted to her 
is willing to shift into radical responsibility. Then she says to herself, how am I moving in the world that is causing men not to be devoted to me? What am I doing that is not eliciting a man's full devotion? What am I doing to chase away the men who are wanting to give their devotion and to include a woman in their life, to organize their lives and put a woman right in the center of it? What am I doing to chase away the men who want to do that and attract the men who aren't capable or aren't interested or who are too narcissistic to think of anyone but themselves. This is my issue with the complaint going on in the world today that men are narcissists. I'm not saying that they aren't. Women are narcissists too, okay? Narcissism is simply self-absorption, okay? So I'm not saying men are not can't be narcissistic. I'm saying if you're experiencing narcissists, why is that? Well, the victim says, well, because men are narcissists. The person taking radical responsibility says, I'm doing something to attract the narcissist and not the healthy man. Because there are some men out there who are not narcissists. Why aren't you with them? Why do you, why do you, why do you have a, an ability to attract the narcissist? See, that's radical responsibility. We don't blame the men. We, we, we turn curiosity toward ourselves and saying, what am I missing about myself? How am I showing up in the world in a way that I'm not eliciting a man's full devotion? Now, again, revisiting episode number one in this series, that's empowering. When you look in the mirror and say, what am I doing that is not eliciting a man's full devotion, it may be hard to take ownership of what you're doing because you are doing something. But it's empowering because, well, if you have been doing things that are not eliciting a man's devotion, well, then all you got to do is stop doing those things and you will. That's the, the plus side of radical responsibility is it creates the possibility for change. Victimhood, there is no possibility of change. If men are just narcissists, what are you going to fucking do? Right? If men are just incapable of real intimacy, if men are just not devoted, they're in their own heads, they're selfish, they're, you know, egotistical, if if men are like that, well then you're fucked. But they're not. They're not all like that. The issue is why do you keep attracting those that are? Okay, so this is the question for a conscious woman. What am I doing or what am I missing that is keeping me from experiencing a man's full devotion? Now, let me give you an example of this. Diana Chapman, the mentor, guru, coach that I spoke of in our last episode she was interviewed on Tim Ferriss's podcast, The Tim Ferriss Show. 
I don't remember right off the top of my head what episode it was. It was in the 500s, I believe. Um, but I think if you Google Tim Ferriss interviews Diana Chapman, I think you can find it very easily. But there was a point in their conversation where Diana was sharing with him that her marriage was in serious trouble at one point. And she was experiencing her husband as kind of distant, disengaged, kind of not on his game, kind of just he wasn't being a very good husband. She was very unsatisfied with the way he was showing up in their lives and so forth. And one day she was caught in victim and she was complaining about that to one of her girlfriends, if I remember the story right. And one of her girlfriends, I think I know who it is, but I won't say the name because I might not be right. But one of her girlfriends said to Diana, what kind of woman would you need to be that would elicit from him the kind of man you want? Do you hear that? Do you hear the the difference there? She's like, I know the kind of guy you want. Okay, he's not being that way. What kind of woman do you need to be that would bring him and and would would kind of inspire him to be the man that you know he is? See, so instead of blaming him and he's this and he's that, she's saying maybe you are being a kind of a woman that is eliciting that kind of man. Maybe you should take radical responsibility for your marriage. Maybe you're showing up in a way that he's simply responding to the kind of woman you're being. So what kind of woman do you need to be if you want a man to show up in your life like that? That is a quantum question. What kind of woman do I need to be to elicit a man's devotion? Do you see how empowering that is? It may be scary. It may seem overwhelming. It may seem like, whoa, I don't even know how to answer that question. But it's stepping into radical responsibility. Saying, what kind of woman do I need to be to elicit a man's full devotion? Okay? Now, men want trust, right? Men want a woman to surrender, to trust me, <laughs> right? right? Men, men want a woman who will, who will believe in them, you know, who will kind of let go and, and allow them to provide wisdom and a direction and to, to initiate and trust me, men, men Men love it when a woman trusts. I trust you. I believe in you. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm letting go. I, you'll take care of it. You're on it. You got it. You're my rock, right? So, and men, we complain. Women are all ball busters. Women are control freaks. Women, they, you know, they don't want to, you know, let me take the lead. They don't want to let me make suggestions. They. They, they all want to control everything. They want to initiate everything. They want to, you know, they want to be power babes. They want to be boss babes. That's the phrase these days. These women want to be boss babes, right? I, will, I, I want to be with a woman who will trust me, you know, who, you know, who will allow me to give my gift. Okay, fine. 
you can blame them and say all oh, these women are all feministic ballbusters and you know they all are angry at men and they don't trust us and okay okay there's some women like that not all of them so the question for men is what kind of man do you need to be to elicit a woman's trust do you see the radical responsibility there? Victim consciousness in men is, oh, women are this, women are that, women are boss babes, and eh, 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 eh. right? I can't, I can't lead. I can't move us toward freedom and love. It doesn't matter how much of a, how, how much I'm on my game. These women, they don't receive it. They don't, right? No, that's victim. That's being at the effect of women. The shift into radical responsibility where you have the aha moments is when you say, what kind of man do I need to be that would elicit her full trust? What kind of man do I need to be? Or the opposite question, what kind of man have I been being that has resulted in women who don't trust me? who won't surrender, who won't allow me to lead or initiate or take us in a direction of some kind. How have I been untrustable? And women, how have I been undevotedable? <laughs> Do you see this? These are the this is the quantum insight. Instead of blaming our experience and complaining about it, turning it around and saying, what am I doing to create my reality? My reality is women won't trust me. Women, women won't, they won't, they won't allow me to be the man. They won't, they won't let me wear the pants in the relationship. They won't let me have my balls. And, and women, they won't, they won't devote themselves to me. They won't commit. They won't claim my heart. They won't put me in the middle of their lives and include me and build a life around me. See that? Why? What am I doing that's not eliciting devotion like that? What am I doing that is not Allowing a woman to, to, to give me her trust. Do you follow me? So the answer to these questions is a lifelong journey into each of us exploring what does it mean to be the best version of who I am? What does it mean for me to be my best masculine self? What does it mean for be, me to be my most feminine self? Or in David Data's words, what does it mean to be a superior man? How do I become a superior man? Because a superior man elicits a woman's trust, guaranteed every time. And what does it mean to be a radiant woman? Because a radiant woman, oh man, men are devoted to them. So 
the direction we go, hopefully what I'm inviting you to, the quantum insight is how do I become my most radiant self if I'm a person more aligned with the feminine? And how do I become a superior man if I'm more aligned with the masculine? Because when I'm that way, I will I will elicit her trust. When I'm that way, I will elicit his devotion. So let me give you some pointers on this. Now let me just say right now, the, the, I would say the basic thing that I work on with my clients, sometimes whether they know it or not, is if I have a person who's a masculine being, I am working on them becoming superior men. I'm not talking about where to go on Saturday to meet some hot chick. No, that's not it. Because if you're an inferior man, you're just going to meet a woman who's just not going to trust you and you're going to be frustrated. So I go to the root most of my male clients, I'm talking about what does it mean to be trustable? And most of my f- female clients, my feminine clients, I'm really talking about what does it mean to be feminine? What does it mean to be radiant? I don't talk to her about where do I go to meet a good guy? Where do I go to meet a, a guy who I could trust? No, that ain't it. Because when you're radiant, he'll find you. See, superior men end up with radiant women. They go together. That's sexual polarity. That's the the law of reciprocal opposites. Have you heard that phrase before? Reciprocal opposite. That means we're the same but different. A superior man and a radiant woman are the same. They're both in their most evolved states. They're They're both moved by love and freedom right they're they're both not caught in ego and fear and defensiveness so radiance is connected to trustability and superiority so the superior man and the radiant woman they go together they're on the same level but they're different they have different gifts to give they complement one another Right? It's reciprocal opposites. That is what sexual polarity is really getting at. And I know women want a superior man. I know you do. You, you tell me all the time. And I know men want a woman who will be this radiant creature willing to trust them. Of course you do. It's where do you focus and look in order to find that. And my message is always been, you don't look for it outside of you. You become a superior man, you will attract a radiant woman. You become a radiant woman, trust me, you'll attract a superior man. They go together. It's the law of attraction. The law of attraction, the way it's taught in this world, is garbage. When you understand it like this, it makes perfect sense. A superior man attracts a radiant woman and vice versa. That's the law of attraction. You attract after your own kind. That's what the law of attraction is. Like attracts like. So the question then is, you might even ask me, Roy, tell me a little bit about what a trustable man is like. What is a superior man like? He's got three main qualities. 
And these are the qualities I work on with my clients. And if you find that you, if you're a masculine person listening to this, you might want to hire me. Because if you want to find a radiant woman, this is the way you do it. A trustable man has got what's called clarity of consciousness. Like he knows who he is and where he's going in his life. He has a purpose and it's not just to find a woman. It's bigger than that. He knows why he's alive. He knows what he's, what is his to do in the world. He knows his calling. He knows what he's about. He's, he has a clarity about who he is and what he's doing in the world. Women are very attracted to this because it, it makes, I can trust you because I know what you're about. I know what, what guides your life. I know where you're going. You're not floundering. You're not lost. You're not all over the place. You're not changing with like the weather. You're a rock. You're uncollapsible because you've got this purpose at the core of your life as to who you are, right? So clarity of consciousness. The second one is strength of presence. This is the way they feel you. There's a strength to your presence because presence exists on a spectrum. You can have very weak presence. You're very distracted. You're very, you know, ADD all over the place. Um, You're not paying attention. You're just lost in your own thoughts. You're, you know, you're not all here. Right, and on the other side, you can have a very strong presence. These these are things that are difficult to describe, but let me just tell you that any woman within fifteen seconds can size up a man's presence. She can tell: Are you with me? Are you listening? Are you present with me? Or are you lost in your own head? Or are you distracted? Or are you somehow? not here, right? When a man has a strong presence, it just makes a woman be able to trust. I can let go because this guy's here. He's paying attention to me, to himself, to to the environment we're in, what's going on around him. He's, right, he's he's not like he's drunk, right? When you're drunk or you're high, you, you're you not present, right? You're, you're kind of in la-la land, right? And I mean, I've, been drunk, right? I mean, that happens. I mean, so I'm not saying you can't ever have too many, something like that. I'm using it as an illustration that when you are drunk or high, that's why you can't drive a car because you're not present, right? Your your reactions aren't there. Your, your consciousness is not there. You're woozy. You're cloudy, right? And when a woman meets a man who seems kind of woozy and cloudy and unclear and weak in his ability to pay attention and be present, it's just a turnoff. But when she does meet a man who's, whose presence is strong, it's like, oh my God, I can trust, I can relax because he's, he's here, right? And the last thing is something I call openness of heart. Openness of heart. That means a man, when he's really on his game, is not some wild emotional creature where he's all over the place and his feelings run his life. But it also doesn't mean he's a robot. 
and that he has no heart, it means that he has, he's in touch with these emotions. He knows how he feels. His heart is available to connect around emotional things. He can handle his woman's emotions. He can handle his emotions, right? He's not overrun by them. He's not lost in them. But neither is he the tin man, right? Where you you knock on his chest and it's hollow, right? So most women are not looking for their man to be as much of an emotional creature as their girlfriends are. She wouldn't really like that. She, she wouldn't be turned on if you were as emotional as her, right? But she also wants to know that you have a heart and that you can describe how you're feeling, right? And that you can connect with her feelings. Like you're not afraid of emotions. You're not angry at emotions. You're, you're, you're fluent in the language, and you, you have access to that part of your own life. So when you are a man who has clarity of purpose and strong in presence and openness of heart, she will trust you. And if she's not trusting you, it's because you're lacking in one or all three of those things. But all three of those things can be fixed We can grow in our clarity of consciousness. We can grow in our strength of presence. We can grow in our openness of heart. I teach men this stuff all the time. Okay? So men, if you want a woman to trust you, and I know you do, then be a trustable man. And if you're not, and most of us aren't, we don't get trained in this stuff. Nobody teaches this in in school. Churches don't teach it. Chances are your father didn't teach this to you. Right? So who teaches you this stuff? Well, people like David Data. And then people like me spend their life studying his stuff, and then we pass it along. So men, that's your invitation. Now let's flip it around here. Women want a man who's devoted. Well, men devote themselves to radiant women. So what is it that makes a woman radiant? Well, you won't be surprised that there are more than three things because women are more complicated than men. (laughs) There's actually six things, I believe. I call them six facets. Like a woman is a diamond and she has all these sides to her. She has these facets that reflect light, right? The feminine is light. The feminine is light love, and it shines like a diamond. It sparkles. It's radiant. And there are six dimensions or six facets to this radiant diamond of a woman, and it's who you are. But most women have to work at growing these qualities, just like men have to work at growing their qualities. See, a masculine person is by nature clear and present and open. That's who men are, but we lose track of it. So a man's growth is not to become superior. It's they are superior. It's sort of like letting go of the crap that keeps you from being, you know, clear and and present and open. 
right? It is our, it is the masculine nature to be that way. We block it. Same with the women. These six facets of the divine feminine are who you are. They're already, you don't become these things. You clear away the blockages that reveal them. So it's, it's like your radiance is like the sun. The sun's always shining. It's just that the clouds block it. So a woman's calling is to, is to ask yourself, what am, what am I doing that's blocking my radiance? Now, what is radiance? What are these six qualities? Well, the first one is playfulness. When a woman is really on her game and she's just her radiant self, she's playful. She, she doesn't take herself too seriously. She, there's just kind of this openness about her, this joy uh, that, that comes in her body and moves in her hips and her smile. And there's a, a playfulness. Secondly, there's a sensuality. There's a body-centeredness to the feminine. The feminine body is the most beautiful thing in the world, right? And when love and light are filling and moving a feminine body, a man can't keep his eyes off of it, right? You guys know that, don't you? That's why you want to adorn your body with pretty clothes and jewelry and things like that because you first you love to be seen because radiance, light, wants to be seen. But and you you know that there's beauty in the body. There's a sensuality there. So a radiant woman is not stiff and structured and, you know, rigid. There's a, there's a flow in her. There's a, a playfulness and a, and a bodiness, a sensuality. She's in her senses. She lives in her body, right? She doesn't live in her head that much. She, she has a head. She's smart. She can do what she needs to do. But really, she, she lives in the body. She lives in her senses. And that, that's where the love light shines. So she's playful. She's sensual. She's vulnerable. The third one is vulnerability. There's this willingness to reveal in the divine feminine. There's this I'm going to show you my heart. There's this, I am not afraid to show you myself. I am not protecting myself. I, I'm truly revealing who I am and what my heart is and what's happening inside of me. Like I'm exposing myself to you. I'm, I'm, I'm being vulnerable I'm showing you the soft spots. I'm showing you the tender spots. I'm showing you the reality of who I am. But see, the fourth facet of a divine is fierceness. See, because she also has a strength and an anger about her, a fierceness to where if a man is not trustable, you ain't getting my vulnerability. Right? So a radiant woman is not stupid and she's not vulnerable to men who are not worthy of her vulnerability. A man who is not trustable is not worthy of my, of my vulnerability. So a, a radiant woman has a fierceness 
that she meets a man who's not trustable and she won't put up with his bullshit, she will call him out. She will chop off his balls. She will chop off his head. Remember the Indian image of the goddess Kali, right? She has a sword in one hand and the head of a demon in the other. She is not to be messed with. And a radiant woman, although she's playful and sensual and vulnerable, she's not to be messed with if you're not trustable. I'm going to kill you, (laughs) right? Like, I will not put up with your crap. It's almost like the ocean, right? The ocean can be playful, can be sensual. There's just this openness and vulnerability to the ocean, but it can kill you. You fuck with it. It can kill you, right? And the feminine has that fierceness that she is completely willing to show her heart and her body and her playfulness to a man who's worthy of it, to a superior man, okay? So the fifth is spontaneity. A radiant woman has a, a spontaneousness. There's a there's like an aliveness to the present moment, right? The, the moment is unfolding as it is, and she's moving with it. I often think of, you can see, a, a, you put a woman on a dance floor, right? And the music can change. It can change from maybe kind of a rhythm and blues kind of hip hop thing, or then all of a sudden into a country music line dance thing. And she can spontaneously begin to move with that music. She's responsive to it. See? Oh, she can jump right into a line dance and she can move like that. Oh, it's hip hop? Oh, she can move like that. She can move with that music. She can spontaneously respond to the moment. Right? That's the feminine. See, the masculine's not that way. The masculine exists in presence outside of the movements of life. And so he's not swayed by the currents of energies in the world. He's a rock. He's uncollapsible. Okay? Now, I'm not saying a man can't dance. Okay? I know this one can't. But I'm not saying that. I'm pointing to the difference that a a radiant person is in life. The feminine is life. It's light love. It's the flow of the energy in the universe. It's everything that moves. And so there's a spontaneity to move with however life is showing up. The masculine is consciousness. It's presence. It is imperturbable in the movements of life. So a man can stay steady in a storm. The masculine can be a rock when everything is going to shit around him. And that makes a woman say, I can trust you. Because the shit's hitting the fan and you are right there. You are strong. You are present. You are open. Do you see it? And then the final aspect of the divine feminine, the, the, the radiant woman, is her sexuality. Women are far more sexual than men. Far more. You can have more orgasms. You can have sex more often. It appears on the surface that men want sex more than women do. That is not true. It's just that women have more of a core, meaning if I trust you, I will wear your ass out. If I don't trust you, I'm not going to have sex with you. Okay? A man isn't like that. He'll fuck anything that moves. I mean, the immature masculine. Okay? 
So it, I don't, I don't, I don't need to trust you as a woman to want to have sex with you. I, it, it, I'll right the the ma- the immature masculine will will have sex with anything. The immature feminine really won't. Right. Um, it gets into a whole other can of worms. But the last aspect of the divine feminine is her sexuality, the power of her sexuality. So, okay. So I, we're like at an, an hour, eight minutes now, um, way over time. If any, if I've said anything here, what I want you to take away is perhaps I need to work on brightening my radiance or strengthening my trustability. That's what I want you to take away. Do I need to call Roy to help me become more of a trustable man? Because that's what I want from women and I need to be a man worthy of her trust. And I need to grow in that direction. Or if you're a a feminine creature hearing me, do I need to call Roy to kind of work on what blocks I might have to being the, the radiant creature that I am so that I elicit a man's full devotion? So I didn't, do I need to work on my playfulness, my sensuality, my vulnerability, my fierceness? Right? See, I work with clients that are very good at vulnerability, but they can set no boundaries. And other clients... They have more boundaries and they're, they're tough women, but they have no vulnerability. Both of them end up single, <laughs> right? Do you follow that, right? So you might be a woman hearing this saying, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty relaxed. I'm, I think I'm pretty good on the vulnerability. In fact, I get taken advantage of. I, I get played. I get sort of, because I'm not very good at saying no, I'm not good at setting boundaries, I'm not good at standing up for myself, I don't speak up for what I want and what I need, I'm, I'm like overly vulnerable, yeah, and you'll, you'll have a horrible love life, and other women are so protected and defended and tough and strong that you're going to have terrible times in relationships, because a trustable man doesn't need to be defended against. <laughs> so you'll only you'll only meet men that you need to defend yourself against. Do you see that? That if you're this tough boss babe and I got to be in charge and I set boundaries and nobody fucks with me, you know, and I'm all that, you're going to attract a man that you need to be that kind of woman with. But the kind of man that you really want, a man that will give you his full devotion, he's not, he doesn't want to play that game with you because he's not a man to be afraid of. He's not a man that you need to defend yourself against. You won't need to set boundaries with him because he's a trustable guy. Okay? All right. So that's my message is, do you need to talk to me? Do you need to work with me so that you can... Find a woman who will trust you or find a man who will be devoted to you. Now you can find me, Roy at coachingwithroy.com or 407-687-3387. And until next week, bye-bye.
You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.